0: Hello and welcome to the Kia Coachman Basketball Podcast, where today I'm joined by Brian, also known as LHG on Twitter, to talk about the playing games that happened yesterday, the playing games that are going to happen today, and just the rest of the season with playoffs starting, I think, this week. So, what's up, Brian? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm excited for the playoffs,
1: I'm excited for the playing games today, and you know. I'm
0: doing good, so how are you? I'm pretty good, so let's get right into it. Yesterday, we had the first two playing games, Brooklyn versus Cleveland, where Brooklyn won to make the seventh seed and play against Boston in the first round, and Minnesota versus the Clippers, where Minnesota won to also make the seventh seed and play against Memphis in the first round. So I guess let's just recap those two games. What do you think about the Brooklyn-Cleveland game?
1: Um, you know, I really like the what Cleveland did all season, you know, running these big lineups, but, you know, when it comes to times when you're one of your best players goes down, you know, you got to you got to be creative of what the the Cavs did and they tried running Mobley at the 5, but they just didn't have an answer for Durant and Irving, you know. Like they tried putting all their wings on Irving, but they were almost unplayable on the offensive end with their, you know, they couldn't you know capitalize on advantage advantages created by garland or they couldn't shoot like a you know excellent yeah. excellent point of attack defender but you know
0: we all know like he needs to he couldn't shoot and... yeah a definitely kind of dropped the ball and like you can't expect too much from him on offense because he's just not that type of player but it it was rough. He had a couple wide open threes that if he hit those, the whole flow of the game would have been changed. And I also think um, their offense
1: was mainly spread pick and roll with Garland Allen. That was their bread and butter offense. And I didn't think that was sustainable. Not in the plan, but, you know, in the seven game series. And this is where you needed like another advantage creator, like a Colin Sexton, for example. And that's where I think I think Cleveland would have probably won if they had Jared Allen there, too, just because, you know, the rim protection would have been much better. Um, Mobley isn't as good of a roller as Allen is, you know, so it's just rough. And with with their next playing game coming up in a few days, I think if they lose, they still have a lot to be excited about, you know, next season when they're healthy. So... It's, it's just the nature of injuries, and the Cavs. I think they'll be fine in the
0: long run. Yeah, I think they definitely have a bright future regardless. Darius Garland is a star. Evan Mobley is, I think, a pretty much guaranteed to be a star. Jared Allen is still young and he looks great. I don't know if they would have won if Jared Allen was there, but yeah, they definitely. It would have been a lot better. And they didn't even lose by that much, which is kind of impressive considering Okoro was not good, Karis LeVert wasn't great, Laurie Markinen wasn't very good, and they didn't have Allen. So with all that considered, it's still impressive that it was a pretty close game. But if Allen was there, you imagine they just get a lot more easy offense in the paint because, I mean, like that size that they were winning with all season – It just wasn't there. They couldn't capitalize on it without him. Um, Brooklyn, I mean, Kyrie Irving was unreal. He just didn't miss in the first half. He basically didn't miss all game, like very few shots. Kevin Durant was an incredible playmaker. Kyrie was also a great playmaker. Bruce Brown filled in all the gaps on both ends. So actually that's kinda, when you take all that into account, it's a little worrisome for Brooklyn. Like, it feels like they're kind of clicking in a lot of ways, and they only won by seven to the Cavs without their second best player. What do you think about that? Like, is it something to be worried yeah. about? Yeah, you know the Cavs' offense isn't that good. Like, if you
1: watch the Cavs all season, like their offense was not good. They won all their ga- almost. They won most of their games from their defense. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a little worrisome because you have two. Your guards, which was Kyrie, Mills, Curry. I think Dodgers played yesterday, right? You know, they're they're yeah. not good defenders, so it's just nonstop. Garland could go anywhere he wanted to, and normally he he uses ball screens to get through to get through his looks, but it's a little concerning, you know. Seeing, I think Ben Simmons will help a lot because, and Bruce Brown did his share too, but. I think when you try when you play closing lineups, I think Ky- I think it's a little concerning that Kyrie and Curry were getting attacked
0: at the point of attack. Yeah. But, do you think? Yeah. Oh, keep going. Sorry.
1: No, you keep going. I just finished. I just said yeah.
0: Okay. Do you think
1: Ben Simmons is coming back? Uh, the the reports said they were right. I mean, they could they could use him because, uh, you know his point of attack defense. His playmaking in the short role, his rim protection, it's a perfect fit. And I tweet this about it when the trade happened. I'm more optimistic about the Nets than I was before. Not that Harden is a really good player, but I'm just really optimistic at how they plan to use Simmons, you know, because in Philadelphia, he was expected to be, he had this burden on him that he had to be like a LeBron, had to be a magic, you know. And now that he's in Brooklyn, you have two of the greatest scorers of this generation. You just have to do what they need you to do. And he's the best defender, and he's the best passer on that team. So I think it's going to be a good fit. And if he's back, I might take him. I might take Brooklyn over uh, Boston for that reason. So I'm really excited. I really hope Ben comes back just at least a couple games because I really want to see how well they do, you know.
0: Yeah, I think he definitely would help a lot, but considering it's been pretty much a year now since he's played basketball, I'm definitely doubtful. Yeah. I don't really know the situation is there, and even if he does come back, I feel like he probably wouldn't have the, the impact that you would hope that he had before. But anyways, I mean, that wasn't a very eventful game, but on to the next game, Minnesota versus the Clippers. This was one of my favorite games of the season. Um, it started out really ugly. Neither teams could really score. The refs were calling a lot of calls. <laughs> um, I mean, it still ended up being a low scoring game. Carl Anthony Towns disappointed. Uh, I mean, I don't want to just go over everything that happened in the game right here. What did you think about it? Um,. It kind of went the way I expected it to, you know.
1: Um, you had the Wolves, who they they were really aggressive. Like, they put their best wing defenders on Paul George. Um, the Clippers, you know, they played, they played, they were really detailed on how they defended, you know. I thought the game was called a little too tight, but it was overall a really good game. Um, the Clippers are kind of like the Cavs, you know, their offense relied on elite shot making from PG. Um, Marcus Morris, Reggie, and they relied on their elite d- defense to win them games. And, you know, it just happened that yesterday uh, Ant and D'Lo were able to get their own looks. Ant was able to attack. No one on the Clippers were able to guard Ant. Even PG couldn't guard Ant, you know. And that's really what happened. It could have went both ways. I thought it was a coin flip for that game, and it was really fun to watch.
0: I really hope – yeah, yeah.
1: And it was really fun to watch last night.
0: Yeah, I think for Ant, he shot really well from three. I think he was like five for 11 or something. But at the same time, I'm just waiting until a lot of those threes turn into more drives because no one in the entire league can stay in front of this guy. And he kind of realized that towards the end of the game, he had a few times where he just powered his way to the basket. And either it was points or it was free throws. And I think when you combine that with D'Angelo Russell, it's kind of the opposite, where you can't really take guys maybe one-on-one like that because he doesn't have the physical tools. But with a screen or something, he's, like, he's such a great shooter. He's a great passer. So if he gets to his spot, he's amazing. Combining that with uh, Anthony Edwards, who can just physically get anywhere he wants. I think that's a great dynamic, and that's that's what pulled through at the end in the stretch of the game that led them to the win. Uh, with that being said, let's talk about Cat, because he had a really disappointing game. I don't think he made a single field goal in the first half. He ended up fouling out in the fourth quarter, only played 24 minutes, I think. He had 11 points on 11 shots. I mean, what did you think about his performance?
1: Um, I think uh, if you watched how they defended Cat, they put uh they put their forwards on Cat, right, and they put the big Zubac on um Vando. So I feel like I think his offense stro- offensive struggles aren't as bad as what the game showed because I think the Clippers put a good game plan on him. I won't talk about his defense though; his defense wasn't that good. Um, but I think his I think his bad game was. Was designed by the Clippers defense to take him out the game, and he has to do a better job of passing out of doubles. But I think, of, in terms of a production standpoint, I think it was a combination of Vando clogging the lane because he couldn't, because dr- Cat's really strong at his drives, but he couldn't drive with a Zubac in front of him. So he has to be better at passing out of doubles, and he has to be better at recognizing the doubles when he, and that's the next step of him becoming. Um, a top 20 player, which I think he is, into a top 10 player, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think, like you said, Jared Vanderbilt, who's a great player, but him being there kind of showed the the issues with someone who can't really shoot or dribble like that, because now Cat has to take on a guy one-on-one like Nicholas Batum, who even though he's a lot smaller than Cat, he's still a great defender. He has, like, a big frame. And then he Cat not only has to beat him one-on-one, but then he's met by an actual center, Zubac. So Vanderbilt not being able to capitalize on on uh, the attention that Kat draws from both of them was an issue. And it's, I wonder if maybe, like, It's just how big the moment is that got to Cat, because usually he's one of the best playmaking bigs in the league. He doesn't always see the right read, but I feel like generally he finds the right pass. He sees the open man. And in this game, that just wasn't happening. And I'm reminded of uh, 2018 when he made the playoffs. And I'm a big Cat fan, by the way, so I don't want to like slander him, but he was terrible in that first round against the Rockets. And that's kind of the only other experience we've had from him in these like high leverage games. So I wonder if it's uh, a mindset thing where he kind of freezes up in these big moments. And if it is, I hope that in this next playoff series against the Grizzlies, he can kind of figure that out because he has all the talent and I think he will put it together. And a lot of people are overreacting in my opinion to this game. And some of it's justified because it was it was pretty rough, but I think and I hope he will come back in the playoffs this year and kind of figure figure a lot of this out and put on a strong showing to kind of prove the people wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, and the game kind of went how you went. So when Chris Finch took out Cat and he took out Vando and he put in Reed and McDaniel's. Um, The game changed. Uh, You saw it, right? They put McDaniels on PG. Mm -hmm. Um, Nas Reed was playing good defense, I thought. And they were taking away any drives that Reggie had. And they went on a big run. And I think that's what changed the game. Um, You know, they they do have a Vandal problem to solve there. Um, I I don't expect that to happen in the playoffs because they're really limited on what they can do. But – there's just a lot of flaws that they, I mean, they had a great season this this year, but I think coming into next year when you try to build, and becomes takes another leap, you know, McDaniel's, he's making more plays off the catch. I think he can be a starter too. Um, they got something interesting going there, and um, I think the low hanging fruit with Cat, where whether it's him making careless fouls or not willing to roll or making careless turnovers i think that's that's something that he can i think he can be much better at in this next game cuz you can see his body language become one of the worst i've seen from stars when he gets a questionable whistle from the referees so
0: yeah he definitely think gets really rattled. rattled
1: yeah and this this is not nor- this is not a one time thing he's he did this during the multiple games i've watched against the clippers in the regular season too so you know, I just, I just hope that you know, when, when, when he hits a, when he hits something, when he hits a block where things are not going his way, I think this is a good, le- growing pains for him because this is just the growing pains that he has here when he, when he creates these turnovers, he, cre- he, he fouls or he takes plays off defensively. You know,
0: it's yeah. just, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to get into. Yeah. And I think, um, I forgot where I was going with this. He, oh yeah. There were like moments where it felt like he was starting to kind of reassert himself in the game in like the third or fourth quarter. And, and it felt like when he was finally getting that momentum, he was figuring it out. He got a foul and either he had to be taken out or like taken out because they didn't want him to foul out or then eventually he did actually foul out and I feel like I feel like a couple of the fouls were not great calls like he did get a little bit of an unfair whistle until the end I think those were actually two fouls that they called on him like deserved fouls but yeah it was, it was kind of sad to see like he, it felt like he was trying to impact the game in other ways when his scoring wasn't working. Like he got a few offensive rebounds, which I think is really big. And yeah, he could just never get that momentum. But yeah, I think, I think the next step for this team is Jaden McDaniels becoming a starter over Jared Vanderbilt, because I feel like his offensive capabilities are a lot higher than what Vanderbilt is bringing right now and no shade to Vanderbilt by the way like we've been kind of talking down on him he's a great player especially yeah on yeah defense. he's great
1: I think he's yeah. won at least five to five to ten games this season I, he's really
0: good really really good player but yeah he's like an elite defender uh huge on the boards he brings that energy but I think going forward he needs to take more of a bench role for Jaden McDaniels but I mean, I'm really happy the Wolves won this. They're my second favorite team. I I think a series with the uh, the Grizzlies is gonna be really fun. And we're talking like their season's already over, but I feel like they can really have a competitive one with Memphis. I don't wanna completely rule them out on that. Like I mean and even if they don't win, just getting to see John Morant versus Anthony Edwards. Two of the five most athletic players in the league, at minimum. I just can't wait for this series. I'm really happy the Timberwolves won that game and got here.
1: Yeah, and the, the struggles with Cat, they're going to continue. I think, like, I don't want to be a downer, but they have the, the Grizzlies have Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. So Cat will have to be, be much better than he was because. That's a big upgrade over Batum and Zubac. So for him to be the best version of himself, I think he has to be more... Uh, how do I say it? I guess assertive, but being too assertive could could ruin the flow of what the Wolves are trying to do. I personally think D'Lo will have a good series in terms of how he's able to... Run the Wolves' offense, but yeah, um, I'm really I'm really excited to see um, the chess match between uh, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves and see what they have because they're both athletic. They're both ha- they both really uh, they have a lot of shot makers. They have you know, and they have two exci- exciting young stars. You have Anthony Edwards and Jaws. So I'm yeah. probably gonna be watching every game of those.
0: Oh yeah, I'm definitely watching that whole series, and I like what you said about D'Lo because he really stepped into a leadership role this year. Like, you can see on both ends, even on defense, which is surprising, he's kind of calling out, like, who should be where. Um, He's kind of running the show. He came up with a clutch steal at the end. He had a great game, too, as well as Anthony Edwards. And one last thing on this game before we move on to the playing games we're going to be watching today. Um, was it just me or did Chris Finch not coach a great game? Like I'm a big fan of, of him, the, the Timberwolves coach Chris Finch, but I felt like a lot of the time in this game, especially in the first half, the offense was just like five guys standing there just a lot of iso ball trying to make something out of nothing instead of like a cohesive offense where everyone was getting involved and they're really bending the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: um, I didn't like what they were doing to Ant. They were icing Ant. Like he was really hot with his shot making in the second quarter and then they just iced him out until the end of the game. Um,
0: yeah, they put him in I the always corner. felt
1: like Ant. You know, he's your most athletic guy. He's going to put pressure on the defense as well. So I felt like he should have got the ball more, but I was watching from a Clippers point of view and I felt like Lou had some questionable decisions, wh- whether it was putting a Morris on Ant, um, whether it was playing through Reggie Jackson too much because I like Reggie as a player. Um, I just felt like he was too gassed and the ball should have went into Norm or PG at the end of the game. Yeah, because Reggie wasn't good in the fourth quarter. So, because PG, when you have PG playing, he creates an advantage almost every other possession because of how good of a player he is. You know, in terms of Reggie, you could just live with the results of playing drop because Reggie's not the type of player to make those advanced reads out of drop, throw those lobs to Zubak I know he missed a couple of lobs to Zubak at the end there and he's been off as a shooter i've been surprised as a sh- but i felt like he was really gassed at the end so
0: yeah i, I think in see- terms
1: of from a finish standpoint he gave the ball in Anton Delo's dilo's hands at the end of the fourth quarter and i felt like that was the right decision so he yeah, might have I- not been the best but i think he was the better coach out of him and tyloo
0: yeah i think he definitely figured it out towards the end uh and he was being very creative with the lineups like he took out Delo towards the end and I was like what is he doing? Yeah, he that was didn't...
1: I was I was
0: like what was he doing there? But he put in I think it was Ant Beasley, McDaniel's, Vanderbilt, Beverly, and the Clippers just didn't score when that lineup was in the game, I think. So and then like when he got the chance he put in Delo and then he kind of like he's at the end of the past couple minutes or the last couple minutes, he kind of switched off between like offensive and defensive lineups, which I think is something you wouldn't see from a lot of coaches, but it worked out. So I gotta commend him for that. So moving on to the next playing games, which is starting in a couple hours from now when we're recording this, the Hornets versus the Hawks and the Spurs versus the Pelicans. What are your picks for the Hornets versus the Hawks? Who do you think's gonna take this one?
1: Uh I got the Hawks taking this one. And here's uh mainly I mean Trey Young. Um he's the best player that game. I think that's not a yeah. debate, right? But I think with no Hayward and their lack of a big will be a will hurt the Hornets more than it did in the regular season um I think Plumlee is a decent backup big man but when it comes to Trey Young being able to play in the pick and roll being able to draw fouls being able to throw lobs to his big man I think it's going to hurt Charlotte more and their point of attack defense isn't good to where it will be able they just don't have an answer for Trey Young and not that the um Hawks have an answer for any of their best players which is Rogier, Mello, and Bridges. I just think with Rogier and Mello at the point of attack, and with Plumey as your big, I think Trey Young gonna have a really good game, and they're gonna yeah. come out and win.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely the Hawks are the favorites. Um, I don't think that the Hornets have the individual personnel to contain Trey at all. You'd imagine he can kind of like really get wherever he wants. The big men are going to eat off of his passes. But I don't know. I have a hunch, and this is definitely the unpopular opinion, but I feel like I can definitely see Charlotte taking this in a close one just because they're known to really mix up their defense, throw out creative zones. um, And it's not that necessarily I think, like a zone defense is a way to counter Trey. But I feel like Trey is at such a level of like mastery in the pick and roll that the only way to do anything about him is to change up the looks that he's getting. Don't let him get accustomed to the specific defense you're playing against him. And I think the Hornets, with James Borrego being one of the most creative coaches in the league, can kind of do that better than most teams can. I feel like on that end, LaMelo is going to—LaMelo's not a great defender, but— I feel like he has the potential to make a couple big plays on defense just from his IQ, and I feel I imagine we're going to be impressed by some of the things he does on that end today. I think Lamelo in general is just I expect him to have a good game. I feel like he's the type of guy that that would show out in big moments. I think Terry Rozier has shown he's also that guy too. Um, Miles Bridges, the Hawks don't really have an answer for him. So, I feel like, yeah, on paper, I would say the Hawks would be favored, but I I have a hunch that the Hornets will just, will take this one in a very close game, though. Like, not a blowout yeah. at all.
1: Um, Because, yeah, because, you know, the Hawks roster out of Trey isn't as that good. You know, if they were able to trap Trey and force players like Bogdanovich, Hunter, Capella to make plays out of advantages, I think that's a good blueprint to stopping the Hawks offense and that will help them get a win. But yeah, I mean it's gonna be really close. It's gonna be closer than people think, I think. If they were able to give Trey trouble, but I just feel like um what the what the Hawks have and what the Hornets have, I just think the Hornets don't have enough to be able to answer what Trey Young does. So
0: yeah, I guess where I'm leaning is the Hawks are a better team and if this was a full series, then I'd pick them to win it. But I feel like in this just one game, the Hornets can can give them enough trouble to to pull it out. But yeah, I can definitely go either way. I think people are sleeping on how fun this game is gonna be. Trey Young versus Lamelo Ball, yeah. two upcoming superstar playmakers, two of the most creative players in the league. I can't wait. And then in the west we have the Spurs versus the Pelicans. Who do you have for that one?
1: Uh I think this game is going to be much closer than people. I think this game is going to be. I think different I think the Hawks are going to have a decent win margin over the Hornets. I think it's different from you. You think the game is going to be close and I can see that happening too. But I think the Spurs and the Pelicans are going to be close because you have Kelvin Johnson, you have DeJounte Murray. Um or is it Dejounte or Dejounte, uh, whatever. <laughs> and the rim protection that Jakob does when they play heavy minutes, I think it's gonna be really close. And then you have the Pelicans, which their offense is mainly Ingram or CJ shot making. So I'm gonna go out and he- say here that the Spurs are gonna win because you have you have Jakob playing protecting the rim. You have Dejounte with his ability to his passing leap that he made this year, and you have Keldon Johnson, who I think is a future All Star with as one of those wing creators that are really valuable in this league. And I just think that the Pelicans' defense doesn't have an answer to both Dejounte and Keldon Johnson.
0: So what yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually agree. Most people are picking the Pelicans, and they definitely can win, but. I, I would take the Spurs. I feel like based off how he's been playing recently, or how they've all been playing recently, DeJounte Murray is the best player on either team in this game right now. Um, I mean, like you can say Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, they definitely might be, but just off like their recent stretches, I feel like Murray's been playing the best basketball. I expect Keldon Johnson to have a big game. He's been peaking towards the end of the season. They have one of the greatest tactical coaches ever maybe the greatest with greg popovich i feel like in one game i'll pick him as a coach over maybe anyone else ever uh i mean the pelicans definitely have the tools to win this game jonas valanciunas can also always have a big game brandon ingram and cj mccollum i would expect to have big games but i think DeJounte is going to kind of get wherever he wants to on offense. And if you put, like, Herb Jones on him, then then there's no one really to stop Keldon Johnson. And I think I think the DeJounte-Yaka-Pirtle two-man game is actually going to be a really big issue for the Pelicans. I don't... And it's weird, because last year, Pirtle was not a good offensive player, but he's really turned it around this year and has great chemistry with DeJounte. Um... Yeah, I think that their defense can hold up. DeJounte is probably one of the top guys in the league you want to put on CJ McCollum. So I feel like... I, I definitely think the Spurs not only have a chance, but I would take them to win this one. In a close game, though. If the Pelicans win, yeah. I won't be surprised at all. But
1: I think it's because, yeah. you know, if you watched... Um... I loved watching the Pelicans this year, by the way, when Ingram was playing because he adds another dynamic. I think Ingram's the best player in this game. Nothing against DeJounte, but I think with Ingram's improved defensive play this year and yeah, that makes sense. and being uh being able to score on all three levels, his improved passing, I think he's the best player, but I just think with the with Jakob and how bad the Pelican spacing is. Outside of CJ and BI, um, that they'll be able to collapse the paint and be able to limit the drives that BI will have. If the Pelicans do win, it's gonna be because of BI and and, and CJ getting hot, which they are because they're really good players. But I just feel like you put DeJounte on one of them. Um you put Vassell on the other on the other player. So like they probably put DeJounte on CJ. They're going to put Vassell to Rome or on Ingram, and they're just going to collapse with Jakob, and that's going to be – I think that's enough for the Spurs to win this game.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, who do you have taking the eighth seed in the East and the West? Uh,
1: That's a tough one.
0: Um, For the eighth seed on the
1: West, I have the Clippers because – I don't think either the Pelicans or the Spurs have an answer for PG and and Norman Powell because they don't just, they just don't have the well the Pelicans do have Herb on PG but I feel like they would be able on the other on the, the game the other night they were able to attack CJ they were able to attack Devontae and the the spacing that the Pelicans have is an issue that probably will be exploited either today or if they win. So I'll have the Clippers at the AC, at the up west. I had them beating the Timberwolves, but, you know, it was a coin flip. Uh, I think both teams had an equal chance of winning that game. So I don't regret picking the Clippers. It just happened that you had, you know, circumstances where they just didn't have an answer for Nas and on McDaniels and D'Lo. It just that and up east i probably have the hawks because i think when you have trey young playing 40 minutes a night i just don't think teams like the Cavs or the hornets have an answer for him with his ability to score being able to run the pick and roll draw fouls being a game breaker on the offensive end for sure so what are your predictions
0: yeah i have the clippers making it i feel like they're just kind of better than the, the Spurs and the Pelicans, which isn't great analysis, but it's like they're disciplined on defense, so I think the Spurs, a lot of their easy opportunities, like in transition and stuff, I don't think they're going to get to do that against the Clippers. And I think they're just... I think what you said about them versus the Pelicans makes sense. And then on in the East, I think it's like a coin flip between all three teams, but... I would choose Charlotte. Maybe I'm higher on them than I should be, but I feel like they just kind of have the players that will show out in big games. I hope the Hornets win though.
1: I'm just going by what I see. I think, but I'd love to see LaMelo in the playoffs. I think that'll be
0: really fun. Yeah. I might be biased because of how much I want to see LaMelo in the playoffs, but I'll take the Hornets to win that. And so. And I think
1: one thing I want to see with the Pelicans game is how Herb Jones are because When you play high intensity basketball, um, I feel like one way players get exploited more. So I'd like to see how like Isaac Okoro or Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt. Yeah. And now I want want to see how Herb Jones fares in high level competition. And that's why I'm a little lower on the Pelicans than I was. Because if you saw my tweet yesterday, I did say I I chose the Pelicans, but I, I changed my mind. So there's that. But the Pelicans will be good next season, but I feel like they just don't have enough to... Their roster just isn't well-constructed enough to play high-intensity basketball if, if they rely too much on Ingram and CJ's shot-making ability.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point you said about one-way players. We saw it yesterday with Vanderbilt and Okoro, like you mentioned before. I think it's pretty amazing that we're even mentioning Herb Jones as a rookie, as... Someone who can swing a game like this to make the playoffs. So that alone is is pretty great to see from him. But yeah, I definitely I'm definitely gonna be looking out for that. So now looking at the playoffs, uh, I guess we can just kind of do a short little thing here. Are there any first round matchups that really interest you that you think are going to be specific ones to look out for?
1: Um. I feel like uh, Boston and Brooklyn, you know, um, how Katie and Kyrie uh, fare against a Boston team that switches everything, and Mm because Katie and Kyrie are one of the league's best at that, you know, they aren't. So I'd like to see, you know, if Boston, if Brooklyn's lack of depth at um, the at the wing position would hurt them against Boston. Um. Ben Simmons, you know, how he does after injury. I'm probably going to be watching every Boston-Brooklyn game because of that. And I guess the other series would be, uh, we talked about Grizzlies and Timberwolves because you have the exciting young stars of Ant and Ja, um, Mm -hmm. two of the the best first steps that we've seen in a long time and seeing how teams are going to be able to guard them. And yeah. yeah. And yeah, we'll the Sixers, Raptors. One more. I forgot about that. Sixers Raptors. Um, how Nick Nurse is gonna exploit Thaible, how they're gonna he's gonna be able to force Tobias Harris, Matisse thibel Danny Green to attack tilted defenses, cause you know how aggressive his defensive coverages are. He's gonna yeah, and
0: those are my three favorite series. Yeah, I definitely agree with Boston and Brooklyn. It's it's a bummer that neither team is fully healthy with Time Lord being out for the Celtics and Ben Simmons out for the Nets, but it is possible that both of them come back. I mean, this is just a great series. You have the rerun of last year, but it's kind of opposite where last year, Brooklyn looked like this unstoppable team and Boston was struggling compared to what we expected from them. Now it's the opposite you have Kyrie against his old team uh Kevin Durant versus Jason Tatum I think two kind of similar players in a lot of ways Jason Tatum is the closest young player we have right now to Kevin Durant and they have a uh I, I think they're friends like you know there's a clip of them talking after the games they play against each other um yeah so I can't wait to see that what were you gonna say um yeah, and last year you didn't
1: have Jalen Brown playing too, so it was unfair yeah. for you had the Tatum fifty piece, but other than that, it was not really a competition.
0: Yeah, it was a blowout. Like Harden and KD and I think Kyrie played like three of the best series that we've seen in a long time. It was yeah, not a fair fight, but I think this year will be kind of what we wanted to see from this series last year. I think Memphis, Minnesota, like we said, I'm so happy this happened. I've been asking for this for weeks. I think this is, I think this is peak basketball. Even if Memphis wins in like five or six games, I just, I can't wait for that series. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I think Dallas, Utah is one to look out for. I feel they were like, my favorite series.
1: They were my favorite series until the Luka yes, injury. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were my favorite series to watch, like in terms of a chess match between Luka and, and how he's uh, going to be able to attack Gobert or how is um, Mitchell's going to be able to attack Dallas' defense. But with a compromised Luka, I think I'm kind of colder
0: on that series,
1: you know? Yeah, I guess it's I'm... just su- sad
0: to see... Um, y- I mean, I'm kind of assuming that Luka is fine. There's no real word on how he'll be. So maybe I'm wrong to assume that. But assuming he is healthy, I imagine this is going to be the type of series where him and Donovan Mitchell both go off like regularly, having like 30 point, 40 point games. I think both teams have a lot to prove here, where Utah has been like a pseudo contender for a couple years. Or last year they were a like a true real contender, and it just hasn't worked out. And then Luca, not because of his own fault, but it's his fourth year; he's never made it out the first round. So both teams definitely have a lot of line here. I I hope Luca can be healthy because this has the potential to be a classic first round series. I think, like you yeah. said, Philly versus Toronto, it's a rematch of 2019 even though the teams are very different um Nick Nurse definitely has the coverages for Embiid like you said I don't think there's anyone better in the league at slowing down a single star on the opposing team than Nick Nurse but what I would say is I think people are really discounting James Harden which I get because it's been a very disappointing season but uh, a big part of me feels like he's gonna come out and just look a lot better, turn it up for the playoffs. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong to assume that just based off how he's been this year, but I think yeah, if he, he's... yeah, you go. uh, no, you go. Ahead. I'm a little behind, so you just keep going. <laughs> I think if he just like plays anything close to the James Harden we're used to playing, or we're used to seeing. I think Philadelphia wins this easily, and I really feel like they're the best team in the East if he is playing like that. So, yeah, I mean, people are, this is kind of the series where everyone's, like, picking an upset. I get it, like, I get the logic behind it, but I honestly feel like Philly's gonna make this look a lot less close than people are expecting.
1: Yeah, um... I feel like if Harden's gonna have good series, I don't think it's gonna happen against Toronto just because of how aggressive um, Nick Nurse tries to erase the stars and forces the role players to to make decisions or make plays. Because they have, they're probably. I bet a lot of money that they're, he's gonna put OG on Harden, and as yeah. one of the premier wing defenders, I think Harden's gonna have a lot of trouble. But I do have the Sixers winning in like six or seven, but. I do think if Harden's going to have a good series, I think I'll, I'll give a better chance of that happening against Miami than I would have against Toronto if Miami were to advance, of course. So
0: just because of. Can you hear me? You're cutting how... off.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Hello? Hello? Can you hear
0: me? Hello? Hello? Hey, I don't know what just happened. Can you
1: hear
0: me? Yeah. Okay, where do, okay, I, where do I stop? Where... Editors can uh, fix that. Okay, I, I think I'm just going to say something about like their technical difficulties for back. Editors, I don't know, whatever. To make this sound as good Oh, you don't edit
1: possible. it? You don't edit it?
0: No, I don't edit it myself. Thank God. I don't have the talent for that.
1: Who edits it? <laughs>
0: I honestly don't know. I think it's Wens, but I'm not even sure. Anyways, okay. uh, editors, well, I, do whatever... I think,
1: what did, I, what did you, what, did, what
0: are we? Uh, we were talking about Miami, but let me just do a oh. little thing saying there are technical difficulties and then editors do whatever you need to make this sound as smooth as possible. Okay, sorry guys, There were, and that means you can, editors, you can cut this part out too if it makes more sense to cut this out, but I'm saying it just in case. Okay, guys. There were technical difficulties for a second, but we're back. So when we left off, you were talking about how you think James Harden, if he's going to go off in a series, it wouldn't be against Toronto. Uh, so yeah, just pick up where you left off.
1: Yeah. Um. When you have a, a Toronto's Raptors roster where they have basically everyone six nine, everyone six seven to six nine besides Fred. Um. I don't think that's the type of roster Harden would be able to have a good series against because Harden's more of a, well, this version of Harden's more like being able to see, being able to get his guys open, operating the pick and roll. He doesn't have that burst that he used to have. So he's going to have a lot of trouble against Ananobi. I'd assume Fred. In some, in some possessions and maybe even Barnes and Pascal. So I think Embiid's gonna have a big big series and the X factor for sure is Tobias. I mean, they're, Nurse is gonna make him, Nurse is gonna challenge him to be able to make plays. And if he does, I think they're gonna win the series. And I think that's, an, I think they're, the be- I think Philly's the better team and I think they're gonna beat Toronto in six or seven.
0: Yeah, when I say I pick Harden to have a great series, I don't even think it's about the matchup. It's more so just like, this is James Harden. He has a lot to prove right now. Even if he's injured, I imagine this week or two off that he gets in between the end of the regular season and the playoffs will help him a lot uh, physically. And I just, yeah, I think he's just going to go into that thing, that mode that superstars have where it's like, he's just going to be a superstar and kind of dominate. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's wishful thinking because, again, he hasn't looked like that this year. But, yeah, I don't know. And I, I like the point you had about Tobias because he is known for being not very decisive, kind of slow to, to, slow to make a move. And I think if he is decisive, then this is... Not even close, I think, because he has the skills, he has the talent, and like you said, Nick Nurse is going to make it a point for him to be, for him to have to be a big part of this Philly offense. So if he can do that effectively, he hits his shots, etc., then yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's Philly easily, and regardless, I think Philly will take it. But I do think it'll be an interesting series to kind of gauge how good philly's looking and if they are under really or if they're just good. Mm-hmm. And then the last series we haven't talked about Milwaukee versus Chicago. This is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's- they they just don't
1: they just don't have an answer for Giannis. I I mean, the Bulls I I I haven't relatively lower on their roster than most people coming into the season and it's unfortunate that, that injuries were part of this but they just don't have an answer for Giannis and that's basically why I think it's, it's not going to be a good series for Chicago so
0: yeah I think there's Milwaukee in five I feel like DeRozan and will be able to pull out a game maybe two but yeah injuries bad matchup it's sad to see Chicago had such a great, like, first half of the season. It was such a great storyline. I feel like everyone kind of loved what we were watching. And, yeah. Uh. Oh, there's one more series that we didn't talk about. Golden State versus Denver. I think this is going to be a surprisingly fun one. I hope Curry is fine from this injury. I expect Jokic to go off. Uh, I don't know. I don't have too many thoughts on this. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I think talking about uh, you know, the Warriors, uh, one of their biggest issues was their lack of size and you go against the best offensive big man of all time, you know. So it's kind of like kind of like a like on paper you'd see, hey, um, they don't have an answer for Jokic, right? because um, they don't have size, they don't have they don't have the size to contain Jokic on the glass. Um, being able, be, his ability to score in a post or be able, you know, or, you know, all of that. But I just think the Warriors, you know, they're just, they just have, like, the top and down, the roster is just better when yeah. Murray and MPJ are not playing. Because you have Jordan Poole, you have Curry as your, i quote-unquote, advantage creators. Because, you know, and you have Draymond, who's back, being able to Protect the rim, being able to quarterback the defense. And you have Clay, who is in rhythm. I think the Warriors will
0: beat the Nuggets in five or six. Yeah, I think the Warriors taking this. I think Jokic is going to have a big series because he's Jokic. But also, I feel like the Warriors are actually surprisingly well equipped to guard him because I feel like Looney has shown to be one of the better one-on-one defenders for him and he's still not great at it because I don't think anyone's a great one-on-one defender for Jokic but I feel like Lugni is solid in that situation and and then you have Draymond Green as a helper so I feel like that's actually about as good as defense as you're going to get on Jokic and and then on the other end Stephen Curry's just going to kind of obliterate I think the Denver just does not defensive personnel for him at all. Uh yeah. He might take it coming back from injury, but if this is like full health Curry, I think he's going to put up an unreal series here.
1: Yeah, it's just a bad matchup for Denver, you know. You you're they're they're are best when they have when when the opposing teams best cuz they have Aaron Gordon, they have Monty Morris and Jokic, it's just not a good matchup because you 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 can't put Aaron Gordon on Curry or Poole. Yeah. Because the way the Warriors offense... Because Aaron Gordon dies on a lot of screens. He's more of a guy who you put on the best wing on the other team. Yeah. And you just bother him. You just wear him down. So if I had... If the, if the Mavericks were to play the Nuggets, I think I'd pick the Nuggets over the Mavericks, even though they were the better record. Just because you put Aaron Gordon on Luka, and I can't take a team who has Dwight Powell at center serious. So, but, you know, it's just unfortunate for the Nuggets because of what they've been through. I think Jokic is the MVP, personally, Yeah, of what he's done. But it's just a bad matchup for against the Warriors. I felt like if the Nuggets were to win a couple more games and go against Dallas it would have been better for them and they probably would have gotten out the
0: first round because I would have picked them over Dallas so I would yeah over this injured version of Denver but I think healthy Denver would be at worst a top three team in the conference and maybe even my title favorite but yeah. I mean that's it we got through all the playing and the playoffs you have any last thoughts um who just just for just for like
1: for future reference, who do you have as your finals matchup and your favorite to win it all?
0: Okay, so I think I have to take Phoenix. I, I don't okay. see how you can bet against them. We haven't talked about them once this podcast, but I think yeah. you, it goes without saying they're gonna destroy whoever they play round one. I I really unless Golden State is fully healthy, I don't see anyone challenging Phoenix in the West. And then in the East, uh, I don't know. I've flipped back and forth on this a million times. I really think it's a five-way coin flip between Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn. But if I had to pick, I think I'm leaning towards Philly just because I feel like if Harden is... Like 85, 90 percent of regular harden that we've been used to seeing for the past eight years, I feel like that puts them above the rest of the teams. So I'm um, gonna take in that finals matchup. I think I'd still take Phoenix. But what's what's your prediction?
1: Um, I have the Suns winning. I mean, I feel like they're the best team in the league. I yeah. think this is this. I think this is their year to win it all. Yeah. Um, and in the East, I go back and forth, but I think it's—I think the Celtics are going to get out. Um, I don't know if it's unpopular or not, but I just feel like they're be—they're able to, their roster is able to defend against any offense. Yeah. And against, except Phoenix, because I think Phoenix—the sets they run, I think the—I sh- think the shot making that they have is too much for Boston. But I think Boston's going to be able to go through brooklyn go through milwaukee and whoever wins out of the other side of the bracket just because you rely on the shot making of tatum and brown but you also have being able to be equipped to switch everything and defend against any any half court offense they go against because the playoffs is all about half court play you know yeah but if there's any team that could stop Boston, it's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Brooklyn because they're they're gonna be without Time Lord for the first round. And if there's any team that can exploit that, it's gonna be Brooklyn with Katie and Kyrie. And if Katie and Kyrie do come out, with a healthy bend, of course, I think
0: they can make the finals I agree. the seventh seed. Yeah, I think it's very possible Brooklyn just wins because they have, in my opinion, the best player in the league, Kevin Durant. Um, and I also do think they might be Boston's worst matchup. I feel like if there was no Time Lord injury, I would feel a lot better about Boston's chances to win it all. There's I've heard optimism that he can come back even in the first round. So if that's the case, then it's very possible they're my pick over Philly to make it. I would still take Phoenix to win, but man I'd love a Phoenix Boston finals I'd love that so yeah yeah I just think either
1: Brooklyn or um I just Brooklyn or uh, Boston they're going to make the finals and I think both of them are I think either of them would lose to Phoenix F- I think any team would lose to Phoenix in a finals so but if I had to bet money I'd probably pick the Celtics to come out of the east
0: yeah I think I would uh, favor Phoenix against any team like any team in the entire league right now in a series, but I think Golden State, Boston, Brooklyn, and I even want to say Milwaukee, Miami, and Philadelphia, I think could beat Phoenix, but I'd still favor them against all those teams. And, okay, so I think that's a good place to end it. We We covered pretty much everything, I think. So Brian, let them know where they can find you.
1: Uh,
0: you can find me on uh, you can find me on
1: Twitter. It's blocked by Bamba, so you can find me on there. I'm usually talking. I'm usually talking all my tweets. I you know, I like talking basketball. It's my hobby. I like talking NBA. I like talking draft. You know, anything basketball. You can find me on blocked by Bamba.
0: Okay, and you guys can follow me at. NBA on Instagram and Twitter, Truth Teller NBA on Twitter, (laughs) NBA Truth Teller on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on, Brian. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We'll do this again sometime. See you.
1: Thank you.